0: Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at ticksplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to so all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's ticksplit, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today.
1: Welcome to another fun-filled Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live and live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Laquina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me, you can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on
0: the IG.
1: Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app today. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, so you can catch our other five live shows throughout the week. So if you happen to miss them, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Ch- Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can find us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, find Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You want to catch the audio version of this of this fine radio show. You can do so by subscribing to our podcast at War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media, W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions doing to our topics, doing to our two-hour extravagance, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can go to Sports On Chicago's Facebook page or Sports On Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid of giving Lakina football to give you silly fools the Bill and Beer boot. Bye-bye. I love when she says that. <laughs> but before we begin, we must give you a, a friendly daily reminder that Sports All Chicago you can catch also now on Roku TV. That's right, Sports All Chicago is available on Roku TV. Uh, whoever's yelling that in that picture, uh, we'll be talking about that in a minute. But celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just click on the sports folder and download Sports on Chicago that way. If you don't have a Roku TV, that's okay. I know you have a streaming device or two laying around iPad, iTouch, iPhone, Chromebook, your laptop, your personal computer, your PC. Just uh, download the Roku TV app onto your. Uh, to your device. Click on the sports folder and download Sports of Chicago that way. So there's, there's no more excuses. of Chicago is now on Roku TV. You can access our programming live and on demand, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So get with the program. of Chicago is now on Roku TV.
0: All right, so we got a lot of show once again. We're gonna have our NFL power hour as the Bears and all the other teams finish up their uh preseason. Also, to uh Tom Brady getting a little personal, maybe just a little bit, you know, when it comes to this up. And also, too, we're gonna to continue our divisional previews with, with David Drogmeyer of Lockdown Chargers as we preview the AFC West. Also, to week zero of college football commence over the weekend. Some very interesting uh games and performances and such but we're going to start off i had to pull sis arm here and i know he doesn't want to talk about it but we have to do it now because he's a rip. like i said he needs to rip the band-aid off unfortunately the white Sox sadly lost an opportunity to gain some ground they were swept by the arizona diamond bats now geez now look i actually watched a couple of these games and Here's the weird thing, the socks were actually in it for like at least two of those games. But unfortunately, it was, you know, the the clutch hitting by some of you know the they got they actually got some really good uh players over there with the Diamond Bats. And and so I think people need to kind of recognize that. Uh, you know, they had a great pitch performances by a couple of their starters, also it, it's and you know a name that's sort of you know familiar to Chicago fans, Zach Davies had a really a, a pretty good outing. You know, two earned runs, of course, five strikeouts. Also, to uh, Chicago, this is a he's a Chicago guy, and I know I remember he saw he said in interviews that when he came in this weekend, now didn't have a good show yesterday, but he did have about three RBIs. I'm talking about Alex Thomas, of course, you know the young uh, outfielder for the d bats and unfortunately for the Sox, I mean it was sort of the same thing. You know, field errors, not taking advantage of runners on base and such. And, you know, singles, singles all around. And Sid, you know, like I said, you might as well rip the band-aid off now. What do you think about the White Sox performance over the weekend? And can they get it going?
1: I was there for both of those games over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. There was more that happened off the field than on the field. We'll get to that in just a moment. But after I left yesterday's game, I caught this feeling too. And you can, uh, you can sense it from a lot of the fans yesterday that the air just went out of the stadium after mm-hmm. Roman Gonzalez struck out on three yep. pitches uh, yep. to end the game yesterday. And yep. I tweeted this out yesterday and I'll say it here today. I'm at a loss for words. Seriously. I'm at a loss for words. I know you checked out, Lakina a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and I get, it. I know you're not a sex, fan. I understand, but I was trying to sort through my emotions and feelings last night and trying to collect my thoughts for today. I'm not going to tell Sox fans how to fan because that's your, uh, how you fan is, is, is your own business. Now I know a lot of people checked out a while ago. Some people checked out after last night over the last 24, 48 hours for those of you that want to hang in there. I don't blame you for those of you that checked out on the process of checking out. I don't blame you for those of you that are sitting on the fence like yours truly. I don't blame you either. It is what it is, but like, I said to a couple of people before uh, these last few weeks, whatever ends up happening, whether they make the playoffs or not, changes will be made. Now, will it be the changes that most of the Sox fans will be happy about? That remains to be seen. But a lot of things will have to happen once the season ends in the first week of October. Now, going back to the game yesterday, you mentioned Zach Davies, and Without going to your cheat sheet, can you tell me, the last time he won a game this season, can you tell me?
0: I thought I saw yesterday. So it's been the what I think like three years, like 2018 or something like that, or 2019 since he. I know it was. I know it was before the pandemic that he actually won a start. So I'm, I'm trying to a, like.
1: Yeah, he hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't won a start since May 13th. His last six decisions has starts yep. has been no decisions.
0: Yep, and you it's lost a... to that
1: guy yesterday.
0: Now, Like I said, this is sort of a synopsis with the sock season. They make, you know, yeah. pitchers that are not very good, you know, look good. So, and I think, you know, for Davey, like I said, he's been struggling all season long. It's been a while since he won a game, and he actually had his best performance of the season. So, it, it's one of those things where, of course, you know, this is the – and this is what happens when you don't have you know, a fire. I know that we've heard, you know, from Lance, you know, but Lance, you know, Lance Lynn and Liam Hendricks, you know, Hendricks has been very you know, vocal about some of the stuff that's been going on. Quayle did not have his best starts on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That was just like, you wonder, like, okay, uh, okay. Uh, everyone was saying, okay, when is the Sox going to, you know, get, get a run going? All right. I'm still waiting. Mm-hmm. Still waiting.
1: Yeah, here we go. Zach Davies qualified for the win yesterday for Arizona, and he got the job done. Like you mentioned, Johnny Cueto did not have a good performance on Friday, but I don't blame him. I blame the lack of offense for the Sox. Dylan Cease yesterday, I know he gave up two solo hole runs. I'm not upset with him. I'm upset with the White Sox offense. They didn't help him out. But, you know, it's just been a recurring theme all year long. And what I saw uh, in the stands on Saturday because I sat in the bleachers, there was these two fans that were going around the lower level holding up signs saying sell the team. I actually tweeted out one of the pictures after the game on Saturday. Now, let me just say this, and I want to make myself clear. The Ryan stars are like the McCaskies. Jerry's not going to sell the team tomorrow. I know that's what many Sox fans want, but it's just not going to happen. Let me repeat one more again, as young folks would say. Ryan Starr with all the, the, the angst and the anger, and rightfully so, he's not just going to up and sell the team just because you guys are angry. That's not going to happen. Now, with that being said, if you're a White Sox fan, you have every right to be disappointed, angry. And I know that many fans have checked out. I know some of them checked out after the playoffs last year. I get it. Some of you checked out after early June. I get it. But I'm just taking the approach at this point as uh, watch to see what happens. The real judgment day is going to come the day after the regular season is over. What's going to be for the White Sox plan going forward? Because they told us following 2019 that the losing was over. Let's see what happens. It well, what they do uh, this coming off season. I know we're going to talk about this again, but that's where I am at this point.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's going to be sort of like the thing where what's going to, you know, what they're going to do now. Let's go get let's concentrate all the field now before we talk about some of the other things. I mean, you know, look, they play the Royals starting tomorrow, and the the Royals have been you know been giving them you know, a hard time too. So it's not mm-hmm. like this is going to be an easy win for them either. You're looking through their schedule. I mean, they've got Minnesota this weekend. They've got they gotta go at Seattle. Hey, Byron they,
1: Buxton's out.
0: Yeah. So and then, well, well I mean that, that that's not you know look, they had trouble with him you know when he was out. So and they got Minnesota you know this weekend. Then you've got you know Seattle you'll go at Seattle. Then you got go to Oakland. We'll we'll tell you what Oakland did over the weekend. So you'll finish up the mm-hmm. Sox sock discussion. Yeah. You hopefully you can get your revenge against Colorado. They come in for a two gamer. Then you've got a makeup game against Cleveland. Then you got to go at Detroit. Then you got Cleveland again and Detroit. And then Minnesota. Then you go at San Diego. We'll see where they are at one point. And you finish up against Minnesota. Now, look, you could you could probably still gain some ground, sure. But the problem is, is that you know we've been waiting and waiting for this run, and now they're back at five, you know, back two games below five hundred. So this has sort of been the back and forth thing for the Sox. So <laughs> I don't know what else to tell folks at this point. I mean. I know Tim Anderson should be back within the next couple, next week or two, but I don't think even he'll be able to help this team anymore. So, like, show me something, and I can see why a lot of folks are kind of have checked out. I actually yeah. watched the cup of those last couple of games, so I thought, okay, where are they? And then you know, Jake McCarthy, I think he had like about like four RBIs this series. So yeah, mm-hmm. he's actually he actually game the,
1: winner yesterday. Hmm.
0: He actually was one of the, you know, one of the few bright spots for the Diamondbacks. So. Like, I don't know what else to say. I don't want to – I'm not going to put my energy out there. I want to move on because this, mm-hmm. this, this, this team doesn't deserve it. And our buddy Sean Davis said the same thing, that this team doesn't deserve the energy. So we're not going to do that. So <laughs> and I'm going to move right along here up to the north side with the Cubs. Unfortunately, the Cubs had a couple of chances this weekend to try to win the series against the Brewers. that didn't, it didn't materialize, you know, despite Ian Happ having, like, probably one of the few, you know, bright spots. You know, on Friday, in Friday's game, but yesterday, yesterday, it was a tough one. Is that one. Ryan still so, so calling one. you? <laughs> yeah, that might be him calling me. <laughs> yeah, that's just going to be, that's interesting there, but yeah, but uh, yeah, so, <laughs> but yeah, so go ahead. So do you think about the, the Cubs series. Uh, The
1: starting pitching didn't come through, as we told you guys, uh, the last few shows in all season. When the offense uh, gets a little spark, they take advantage of it, and that's what happened this weekend. You mentioned Ian Happ, and also to a Reyes. I know he hit a big home run yesterday to cut the gap to 9-7, but the Cubs came up short to grab the series in Milwaukee. But looking on the other side for the Brewers, uh, their big-name superstars came through, Colton Wrong, Had back to back home runs on Saturday and Sunday. So did uh, former MVP Kristen Yelich. And so, Milwaukee, as we talked about before, they've been struggling right before the All Star break and after the All Star break, especially with the trade of their reliever Josh Hader now with the San Diego Padres. As we said before, the Milwaukee Brewers have struggled offensively. They got it right this weekend, taking two or three from the Cubs, and and especially winning the rubber match yesterday in a nine to seven slugfest. And so, but on the flip side for the Cubs, uh, they started pitching wasn't as consistent. Their bullpen didn't really help out. And so that, that was the story this weekend Milwaukee uh, t- took advantage of the Cubs mistakes and they won two out of three in their home in uh, in Miller Park. I'm not calling it their corporate name.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean unfortunately for the Cubs, I know Ian Hap had uh on on Saturday, I think mean, he was probably one of the few, you know, few bright spots for the Cubs that were still bringing in offense for them, but you know, unfortunately, you know, this is sort of one of those reality checks for Cubs fans that this team is not very good at the moment. And, like, you gave, you know, the Brewers fist, but they get the Brewers finally woke up and realized, okay, yeah, we need to gain some ground here on the Cardinals because they're starting to pull away from them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and look, baby, that was a heartbreaker uh, yesterday. But, you know, it is what it is with the Cubs. And I, and I think people are kind of seeing mm-hmm. that, okay, you know, sort of like, you know, you know look, like Christian Gillis and, Kel- and Colton Wong, you know, they had you know, a home run that kind of helped propel that. They got to go at Toronto starting the night. And unfortunately, like three or four of the guys won't be able to play because, of course, of the rule in Canada mm-hmm. where all, you know, players got to be vaccinated in order to play. So that that's going to be kind of like the thing, too. So we'll see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, a tough one for the Cubs. You know, I know they had a couple of chances on both. You know, they won Friday thanks to Ian Happ, but you know Saturday you know, they just didn't have it. And I know that Sunday they had their chances too to try and win the series. You know it didn't you know materialize, but you know you'll you'll take it if you're because and look the Blue Jays you know they had a tough weekend this weekend going to the rest of the uh, MLB getting swept by the Angels and that that was that's not really. Like especially if you're trying to make the playoffs, this is not Mm -hmm. the time to get swept by a team that you know has no playoff chance, has zero to no playoff chances. So you're, I'm sure the the Blue Jays are kind of looking at this Cubs team like, okay, let's get you know these you know three easy wins and then try to get back into the. They're still right there in the custody in 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 the uh, the card, but yeah, it's not. They had a couple of they had a little bit of a detour this weekend.
1: Yeah, and also too, your Seattle Mariners taking three or four from the Cleveland Guardians. Actually, had the chance to watch a couple of those games of uh, the Friday night games. Shout out to our good friend of the show, Russell Dorsey. Did a great job uh, with Rain, Rain, Dazzle in the in the booth, along with Chris Young and Trisha Riddick. On the Friday night, the Apple TV Plus game, and I watched the game from uh, from yesterday. Seattle, they could they could put up some runs at times. They're not a great hitting team. I know they got Julio Rodriguez who. Uh, who they gave an extension to over the weekend. So congratulations to him on that. Uh, but Seattle has a great bullpen and a very good pitching staff. Also, too, congratulations to Ichro Suzuki. He's in, in the uh, Seattle Mariners Hall of Fame this weekend. So congratulations mm-hmm. to him on that. The franchise honored him by retiring his number. But the, the Mariners uh, did all the little things right. Cleveland, the only win that they got was on Saturday. After they scored the, their three runs to go ahead, in that game on Saturday, they shut the door down. Their bullpen is good when when they get the lead, but if they if they're trailing, going uh, trailing early in the game, and the other team pounds on them, they're just not that good. So Seattle takes three uh, three out of four uh, against Cleveland. And going back to the National League, the New York Mets uh, they failed to sweep the Colorado uh, Rockies, but they do something unfortunately like my socks can't do is beat up on bad teams.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. That's not a right if you're the. <laughs> Well, yeah, I saw that this week, and I was like, "Really, the Mets you know, They couldn't." And look, it happens. Yeah, you know, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And look, and the you know the Braves are still right there. Luckily for them, they lost their series too, so they're you know they're still like right there and, and such. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you. I mean, yeah, they went three out of four against the Rockies. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it ha- you, you failed to sweep them, and that's okay. But you know, the, the good news is that you did win a series. You did what you're supposed to do against you know the bad teams and whatnot and such. So. so
1: yeah, I mean, Boston taking two out of three from Tampa.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, Rich, and oh, Rich, yeah, Rich Hill had a really good outing, you know, throwing, you know, tennis strikeouts. You know, the oldest player to do that at 42 years, 171 days now. Well, 69 then, mm-hmm. you know, since uh, Randy Johnson did it in oh, 08. It's probably one of the few bright spots, I guess, for the Red Sox. You're know, hoping to kind of like play a little bit of spoiler for some of these teams and such. So an, a nice, you know, sort of thing for them. Uh, now, the Dodgers, I mean okay yeah that the, the dodge they're, they're still 19 and a half up so you know they they you know mm-hmm. when they have the capper tonight hopefully they can get three out of four tonight you know and in miami so they hopefully they can kind of, georgia says out of miami Hopefully they can kind of win the series and get three out of four and you know, pull even more distance between them what the, the game they actually lost you know sandy alcantara had a complete game he already has four complete games already right, that's more than any other team in the league so you know he has more uh one of the few bright spots like I said for the Marlins now the Yankees unfortunately I know you mentioned it earlier earlier said also Baltimore hoping to you know they win you know two out of three against Houston mm-hmm. so that helps them stay that right there in the uh, AL wild card race so you know a lot, a lot of teams trying to kind of like jockey position jockey position to kind of keep themselves in it with, you know, with both the division and the wild cards
1: now I, I I know we're running up against it. We have a couple of minutes left before we break for the bottom of the hour. But I want to ask you, who's your AL manager of the year?
0: Oh boy, uh, hmm.
1: I think there's only two candidates to be
0: honest with you. Well, I mean, I guess you probably say there are maybe a couple. I mean, you know, you you want to say Dusty Baker since they're right. You know, they have the best record right now. Houston does. Hmm. Uh. Let's see. Hmm. I think like the Baltimore manager, his name is Keaton yeah Brandon right
1: Hyde. Yeah. I, yeah I, think he, probably- I think he's a front runner right now, but my manager of the year, I think he should be second on the list of Scott service for Seattle. I know they had high expectations going into the year. They struggled out the game, but they really sustained their, their winning ways after that 14 game winning streak, you know, to close out the first half of the season, they stumbled just a little bit coming out of the all-star break, but they really had a great August.
0: They did, and I think he's. I think he's definitely right there, like in that that top three with um him and Hyde, mm-hmm. and perhaps maybe Baker too. You know, they may try to you know get something to my new on there, so it could be between Hyde and Service. But yeah, it's sort of interesting that you know that you know, the Seattle is right there, kind of mm-hmm. like you know they yeah the, the division's out of reach, but yeah they're still right there in the driver's seat, the wild card as long as they don't stumble. They've got a. I know they got the got the socks in a couple of weeks, so hopefully they can kind of you know try to submit themselves. there going to the schedule time because we're up against it mm-hmm. as. You know, like I said, the Dodgers and the Marlins, they finish up their series. St. Louis and Cincy, they start theirs. You know, the Cubs and, the, and Toronto, they begin their series. Boston and the Twins, you know, they begin there. I think that's a makeup game, if I'm not mistaken. Pittsburgh and Milwaukee, you know, they, they start their series. Uh, the Yankees and the Angels, hopefully this will be a better go-ahead than it's been so far for the Yankees going out west mm-hmm. so far. Uh, Philadelphia and the Arizona—they start their kick off their series. And San Francisco hosts the Padres. The Padres are starting to kind of starting to kind of get themselves going a little bit, but you know, but they, you know, we'll we'll see what happens in that series. But it's always interesting when those two teams in the Bay play each other.
1: And of the series that will be starting tomorrow, Tuesday will be Baltimore at Cleveland, uh, the Battle of uh, Florida in the interleague series, Tampa Bay at Miami. Oakland will go to Washington to face the Nationals. The L.A. Dodgers will travel to New York City to face the Mets. As we said in our last couple of shows, you know, hopefully this will be a preview of this year's National League Championship Series. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Seattle will travel to Detroit to take on the Tigers. Colorado will, will travel to Atlanta to take on the Braves. The Astros and Rangers will do battle from Globe Life Field in the Battle of Texas. And... And they'll and then the Phillies and Diamondbacks. So that's the rest of the schedule for this week, uh, in for the earlier part of this week at MLB. And those of you that care, <laughs> I'm using air quotes here those of you that care, Thursday afternoon Sox Worlds game will be live and free on YouTube.
0: Ah, interesting. So, yeah, so if you don't, if you're a cord cutter, you can definitely check that out on YouTube. So you know, hopefully the Sox can try to, you know, kind of like make things right in that series with mm-hmm. the Royals. So oh, they probably won't, but you know, in this team, they probably won't. So <laughs> whatever. Now we're going to do a really quick break. We're going to kick off our NFL power hour. Of course, you know, the, uh, you know, Justin Fields are really, really good against the Browns, but I'm going to tell folks that people should temper their expectations a little bit, because I'm already seeing people going off the, off the rails here. Also two other NFL happenings. Plus we're going to mm-hmm. have, you know, Dave Dunmeyer from Locked On Chargers to join us at 1 o'clock. So we kick off our NFL power hour. Talking some NFL. Coming up next, Lakini McGee, Sidney Brown, is the second seed sports on Sports Zone Chicago. And we'll see you in a bit.
2: Progressive presents the Sports Flash on the SportsZone Chicago. Light day around baseball today. Cleveland at Detroit. The White Sox visit Kansas City. The Cardinals are at Denver. The Astros host the Rangers. The Red Sox at home against the Orioles. The Cubs take on the Reds in the Field of Dreams game in Dyersville, Iowa. The NFL preseason kicks into high gear this week. Tonight, the Giants visit the Patriots while the Titans head to Baltimore. Tomorrow, the Falcons visit the Lions. The Browns are at Jacksonville. The Jets visit the Eagles. The Cardinals at Cincinnati. The Packers are on the road at San Francisco on Saturday. Carolina at Washington. Kansas City at Chicago. The Bills host the Colts. The Bills the current favorite to win the Super Bowl. The Seahawks visit the Steelers. It'll be the Dolphins at Tampa. The Texans hosting the Saints. The defending Super Bowl champion Rams battle the Chargers at SoFi Stadium. Denver at home against the Cowboys while the Raiders host the Vikings. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sport Zone Chicago.
1: Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live, and live in Living Color. All new for a Monday edition, right here on Sports Old Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow me on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on
0: the Twitter and at Kenoscoba on the
1: IG. We got less than 85 minutes left for this extravagance. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You have any questions or comments for us? You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakino will get them up on the screen for you. Lakino, let's kick off this half hour by discussing the NFL and the Chicago Bears at large. We'll start off with the Bears first. They defeated the Cleveland Browns in their preseason finale in the great state of Ohio by the score of 21 to 20. Justin Fields looked tremendous in his. Um, Preseason start. He was 14 and 16 for 156 yards and three touchdown passes. David Montgomery saw his some action in his preseason debut. Nine carries for 28 yards. His longest run was 13 yards. Khalil Herbert had 14 yards off of four carries in a receiving department. Coulter had three catches for 61 yards. Cole commit, he was targeted three times. Caught all three passes for 36 yards, including a touchdown early in the first half. Lakina, the uh, some of the first team members of the of the defense didn't play like Roquan Smith because of tightness. Eddie Jackson didn't play. A couple other guys didn't play either from the first uh, string of, of the defense for the Bears. But that Bears defense looked good in spots in that second half. You know, Cleveland, uh, uh comeback uh, fell short. But I was very impressed by what the offense did in that first half
0: yeah but let's put this as a per- perspective too because the cleveland also didn't have a lot of their guys play so i, I think mm-hmm. people need to kind of just you know, temper their expectations a little bit and i don't want to hear anybody say that i'm being a hater i feel for alex shapiro who does a great job He's a bears insider for nbc sports chicago we gotta get him on the actually- show yeah we do uh he actually uh, puts things in perspective say look let's remember this is You know, Cleveland didn't have some of their guys playing. You're you're doing this against a lot of your second team, third team guys, and of course, uh, he should turn off his comments because I felt very—I kind of felt bad for him when he said that. (laughs) And I think people need to kind of put this—he's right. You need to put this in perspective. I mean, look—the only look. Do I think the Bears are going to be the worst team in the NFL? No, but I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to win 10 or 11 games. I'm not going to say that either. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, they look confident. Yeah, great. Let's do this against some of the top, you know, you know, top-tier guys. You know, Miles Garrett didn't play. JV and Cloudy didn't play for the Browns. So, I think, yes, I know, yes, the Bears were with some of the guys too, but, you know, Roquan has not played much this preseason. It's going to take him a couple of games to kind of get, him, get into the groove. So, I think people need to kind of just temper that expectation on that as well. So, yeah, I, I know people want to say that, oh, we're better than the Jets. Well, look, the Jets were undefeated too. So, you could take that as, you know, for what it's worth. So, I think people need to kind of just, you know, chill on that look. Like, Look, I, I'm look. The offensive line for the Bears still concerns me. I'm sorry, it still does. Mm-hmm. That yo, know, he, you know, Fields had a really big hit in that first series. So, you know, unfortunately, this does not outweigh everything. So I think people need to kind of just, you know, be prepared that this team may not be as great or as good. Now again, could the talent be there? Sure. I mean, look, I mean, David Montgomery could he look could he look good in this new offense? Sure. But again, I'm not gonna. You know, look, I'm not going to say, okay, you know, let, let, let's see him do this. I want him, to, I want Fields to do this against other, you know, top, you know, top guys. I'm sorry. Now, if that's not good enough for you, fine. Then look at Keenan McGill on the Twitter. I'll send y'all right back. Come at me. I don't care. <laughs> I'm ready for some of y'all.
1: <laughs> I think you better stay off Bears Twitter when the Bears are on live, Lakina. That'll be my best advice to you. But, uh, <laughs> But I want to go back to that hit that you talked about with, uh, with Justin Fields. He got hit late uh, in that uh, in that first quarter into the second quarter. And Sam Mustaver came up. And you, you could tell all the rest of the, uh, his teammates in the came up in defended Fields, and and that's uh, that will go a long way. Because remember, we didn't see that last year. Remember, except for that one time, I believe it was Tevin Jenkins on Monday Night Football against the Vikings, and people uh, almost wanted to uh, go throw him out of town. Was like that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to take up for the for your quarterback. And that's the the culture that Matt Abifalusa is trying to set for this team. If you don't do the little things, the big things we cannot take care of, and you have to take up for your teammates, you're fighting for each other, you're working together for a common goal, and we got to set this right. And and that's one of those small things that I noticed on Saturday night. As far as the offensive line, Lakina, that concerns me as well. You know how many sacks that that, the totals of sacks that the offensive line uh, gave up this preseason? Without looking. Well,
0: no, I think they only gave up a handful. It's still concerning.
1: Nine. They gave up nine sacks. Now, Justin Fields, did look, uh, he did look good in the pocket on Saturday. As we said before, it's all about him this upcoming season. How well can he, can he adjust to the defenses? Can he call out the protection at the line? And can he adjust quickly not to throw to his open receivers? Uh, despite, like you said, not having some of the main guys like Jadavian Clouding and Miles Garrett um, playing on Saturday. Justin Fields did do a good job for what he was giving now could that continue will that continue through the regular season I believe so I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be a top five quarterback in this league but anything better than last year under the previous regime is an improvement to me
0: yeah I guess that's George what, yeah, McCaskey I mean, calling <laughs> well no well yeah I mean like I said it's one of those things where you're, you're kind of like I I don't know what to you know what else I can say? I mean, look, like I said I'm, like I said, I'm going to temper my expectation. I know people want to say, look, this is about Justin Fields and him developing. I think that's great, but also at the <laughs> same time, like I've been saying for the longest, people need to sort of like keep their, you know, you know, temper their expectations and keep it level and keep them reasonable. So I mean, look, I mean, I, I hope you can you can you know carry this over to the you know throughout the regular season to the start of it. But again, you're gonna have to show me. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not moving from this position. So I know that folks want to call folks like me who feel this way, you know, a bunch of haters, but look, Mm -hmm. we know how this team is. This is a circle of this team, you know, same regime, you know, different things. So look, I mean, hopefully David Montgomery can look, you know, look really good. I know Khalil, you know, Khalil Herbert can look good. I know Mooney, I know he's probably, you know, might be primed for a big year. I know Komet, hopefully we'll actually see him in this new offense. Hopefully the defense is actually halfway decent and Roquan actually looks good so that he could be justified to wanting this big contract that he's, you know, he's vying for. But again, i I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I'm not expecting a lot. So, you know, just, just, you know, prove me wrong. Fine. But if, you know, right now, I'm going to keep my expectations to work. You're not going to move me from this position. So let's talk about the rest of the NFL because I'm going to get my blood pressure up again. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, I'm ready for Bears Twitter this year. So I think people want to, you know, say, you know, call uh, people like me haters, but, you know, we're realists. So people need to be realistic with their expectations. Now, you know, if you want to, like, okay, if you want to put all this onus on the preseason, okay, do you think Kenny Pickett got the starting job in Pittsburgh? Pitts, he had a, um, a couple of touchdown passes against the Lions. You saw a little bit of that game that was on CBS yesterday. <laughs> and had, you know, I don't know, I, I know you said you saw the highlights of it because I actually got the game in the background. What do you think about that game uh, between the, the Lions and the Steelers?
1: I thought that both quarterbacks looked okay, as we talked about on our, uh, talked about on Friday, our last show. I think Trubisky will get the start, but should he stumble, and or heaven forbid, gets hurt, uh, Kenny Pickett will be ready. I think Mike Tomlin is doing this correctly, and, and they, you know, they want to rebuild and try to win at the same time because Pittsburgh doesn't, they don't suffer to me losing seasons, especially back to back losing seasons without, without any playoffs. So let's see what's going to happen there now. Here, here's the thing for for Pittsburgh. We talked about this before we started. Uh, before we started going live, uh, uh, T.J. Watt uh, hurt himself yesterday. So hopefully that injury will be not be too serious for Pittsburgh. He's perhaps uh, their best player now with Big Ben retiring, and he makes that defense go uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know Megan Fitzpatrick; he's a very good safety back there in the secondary for the Steelers. But uh, if you don't get any sex impression with T.J. Watt, it's good yeah uh, the, the, that pittsburgh dvs is going to struggle
0: yeah that's going to be kind of like the thing i don't want to say they're rebuilding over there in pittsburgh but mm-hmm. they might be re- they might be uh, rebuilding in pittsburgh but uh yeah hopefully they can kind of at least get sort of like be respectable so and serviceable so that maybe that should that should help a little bit mm-hmm. A little bit there now. The Jets, I mean, they're undefeated too. So people look for all the Bears fans that want to say, "Hey, we're better than the Jets." Well, the Jets would undefeated in their preseason. So you know that that's sort of like, you know, they had a nice show against the Giants, 31 27 I got, actually actually got a chance to watch a little bit of that game, and um, you know what? I, I think look, we had you know, the Otwan Staley on last week talking about the the Jets, and I know that you know we'll see how Zach Wilson looks. You know, if he's able to, you know, come back, we don't know if that's going to be the case. But, you know, on the flip side for the Giants, I know that Davis, Web- Davis Webb had had a 200, you know, pass for 200, 200 yards and a touchdown. You know, Tyrod Taylor, I think, mm-hmm. got hurt. So, unfortunately, hopefully, it's not too serious with him. So, the the Jets are kind of like, sort of, I, I feel like they're the same. They're kind of like in the same situation as the Bears are. So, yeah. I'm thinking that if they can kind of be sort of like right there, I think if you know, they can get like seven they'll probably have the same you know win total seven eight wins or something like that and that's fine
1: yeah i think that injury to zach wilson really set the jets back a little bit i think uh, i know wilson is supposed to be back between two and four weeks we'll see what happens with that but we talked about when we had had Staley on uh that jets defense was terrible last year you have a couple of playmakers on offense but we all know that's not going to be enough to win in this league so you uh, uh, the talent still being constructed within their roster and you cannot win in this league without a strong quarterback and a strong wide right receiver. So the jets, even though a lot of people had picked them to be one of the surprise teams, it still may be that way, but looking at it uh, from far away, I, I I just don't see it as far as the New York giants are concerned. You know, me and Daniel Jones, I, I got to see if a long through a long uh, process before I even give that many props. I know Daryl Gable, uh, the the former offensive coordinator of, of Buffalo. He's the head coach now of the Giants. Uh, I know some people have them improving slightly. and Until I see it through a long stretch, I'm not buying the New York Giants either.
0: Yeah, hopefully we can get somebody on we'll We'll get to that when we get to the NFC mm-hmm. East. I mean, the Giants are kind of like... I know uh, I saw that uh, somewhere that I guess, um, like they were, you know, Darius Lane I think it's on the trading block for them. So I saw uh, something from Adam Schefter. So I'm wondering, like, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, it's sort of one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, is are the Giants? I know Saquon Barkley, you know, he's had struggles with injuries. So, you you know, you wonder, like, okay, what exactly is the direction the Giants are trying to go with? So we'll see what happens there. I know the Rams and the and the, and the Bengals, I know they had a little bit of a scuffle. We'll probably never hear about that again, you know, with Aaron Dom. I'm sure he got <laughs> fined and whatnot, but the Bengals got the best of the Rams. You know, all second stringers, I know Jake Browning had a touchdown pass. And Bryce Perkins, you know, did a little, you know, did a little something for the Rams, 143 yards, not that too much, you know. None of the none of the stars playing on neither team. You, know, you didn't see Chase, and you know, you didn't, like I said, you didn't, you didn't see Donald and some of the other uh, defensive guys. So, you know, I, I think you know, I think whatever happened there, I'm sure they'll they probably is is resolved, and they folks need to stop talking about it. That's a whole different uh thing, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just a little bit thing there with the uh, with the Rams and the uh, the Bengals.
1: Yes, uh, in a, a couple of the preseason clips that I checked out over the weekend, the Saints held on to beat the Chargers 27-10. to 10. I know that Justin Herbert didn't play for, uh, the, for the Chargers. A lot of their starters were still out. Jameis Winston looked okay. And that Saints defense, I know that uh, is one of the top uh, five defenses in the league. I know Dennis Allen, the new head coach there, he's going to uh, have that group uh, ready to go. And uh, that's a couple of things that I picked up in that game. And, and also, too, uh, the Raiders, they defeated the Patriots 23-6. to six. Um, uh, We'll get into it next side with our uh, guest, David Drogermeyer from Locked on Chargers. I want to see how the Raiders uh, can can coincide with the new head coach, Josh McDaniels, with Devontae Adams and David Carrick, uh, with at the quarterback wide receiver tandem.
0: Yeah, they're the preseason champions of the Raiders. Remember, they played that extra game. They played that uh, Hall of, of Fame game. game. So that there there would be the champions there, cause since they're four 0 Just saying for all the everybody that's saying that they'll oh, that the that the Jets and the Bears are preseason champs and, and the Ravens no. Uh actually it would be the Raiders because they played the extra game. But uh sort of you know, interesting there. But uh you know, Tennessee got the you know, held off to Titans 26-23 and they're they're both their last preseason the game. And like I said, same thing, you know, both you didn't see Tannehill, you didn't see Murray, you didn't see some of the others, although although we Willis. Looks, look really good. Yeah, he, I was
1: gonna ask you about him. Do you think he'll get play a time sooner rather than later?
0: Well, I, mean, I it think depends. so. It depends. I mean, if Tannehill doesn't look good or if he gets hurt, we may see him like right away. He looked, he looks really good so far this uh this preseason. So I know, you know, look, I've been loving for to him too, you know, from Liberty and such. So you know, he got not son- you know, he got drafted by the Titans. So yeah, I, I mean, I think I could probably see him. Uh, we could probably see them you know, maybe do some special, you know, packages and such. So mm-hmm. you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh the, the Cardinals, they didn't they didn't play a lot of their guys. Like I said, Murray didn't play you know, a few others. So they're gonna be without the you know, you know, DeAndre Hawkins for about six, for first six games. So that's gonna be interesting to see how how they fare early on. We'll get you know, this is gonna be very interesting once we start when we prove the NFC West. That's gonna be kind of like the number one question there as well. So just a little interesting uh games. For, for that particular uh, last preseason game. I think there's one more I wanted to mention before we get into it. Uh, you know, Philadelphia, Miami, I know uh, Tua looked really good. You know, only, I think they only played like a half, a, you know, half a quarter and such. I know they lost one, sadly, they lost one of their uh, front office guys. Suddenly, uh, Jason Jenkins suddenly passed away late, late last night. You know, our thoughts first go out to him and the Dolphins organization. I saw Mike McDaniel was very emotional because he was one of the, he was one of the guys that, you know, put his name out there for the job, head coaching job. So uh, just, you know, sad news there now on the field, though, like I said, I mean, you know, you know, it's a tool in Tyreek Hill. I mean, we'll see how much we're going to hear more and more from yeah. that tandem because I'm thinking that it's going to be kind of like a new, like really good tandem as such. We'll see how the the Dolphins could they be. Could they perhaps maybe challenge for one of the wild card spots in the AFC? You know, that's kind of like a thing yeah. that we're going to, to figure that out. But yeah. So just a couple of interesting games. I just want to mention from uh, from the uh, you know, the last week of preseason
1: and the Carolina Panthers. Shout out the Buffalo Bills 21 And nothing. I know most of the Bills' starters did not play for Carolina. Baker Mayfield is your starter, uh, as I said before. They got playmakers as far as running backs are concerned with the uh, Chuba Hubbard, Hubbard and Christian McCaffrey if he can stay healthy, but they don't have any playmakers at wide receiver and their defense is still in transition. So, you, you asking. For a veteran who's looking for a big-time contract to help carry your team into the playoffs, Uh, that's a big, tall uh, uh, mountain to climb. And your head coach could be in trouble, too, And Matt Rule, I know he set the Mm -hmm. culture there, but uh, he hasn't had the quarterback that he he hoped and and wanted. And now you have Baker Mayfield, who's forced on you via trade. So let's see if they can work some magic. For Buffalo, you're not worried about this. You're just getting ready for uh, next Thursday at Los Angeles to face off against the defending champion Rams
0: on the road. Yeah, that's going to be kind of like the first big test we're going to see from the Bills. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: talk, talk, about, talk about a way to kind of uh, you know get that that test going. But uh, you know that that's <laughs> that's interesting. Now they could, you know, of course, they're on the market for a punter. Uh, Bre- uh, Brett Kern, who's the longtime partner for the Titans, he was just released a couple of hours ago. So, could the Bills probably have to maybe call him up? You yeah, I'm sure he'll probably come out pretty cheap. So. Interested to see what happens there. Now, if you guys want to know the plenty this situation, Google, we're not gonna get into it here, but uh Tom Brady uh says something interesting, you know, in practice or after practice, well, after the game or the weekend, saying that you know he played a little bit, you know, the, the third preseason game, and he you know said that look, he was very honest and said, Look, I'm going through some tough stuff right now. So, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see if that's gonna become an issue. It probably it probably won't be, but Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you know he's about as honest as he can be. So I, I'm thinking that this is sort of one of those, sort of one of those things where kind of like wanted to make sure you know people realize that he's doing okay mentally and mm-hmm. physically. It's nothing, you know, physical or even mental. I think he just needed some to get his head cleared out straight. And we'll see if he comes on the mat in the next few weeks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but like we say all the time, Lakina, uh, these athletes uh, we think they're robots and machines, but they're human beings too. Uh, off the field and, and they deal with uh, real life issues just like we do as regular people. So we have to take that in consideration. But as far as on the field, I think uh, we'll get more deeper into this when we do the NFC South coming up in our next couple of shows. But uh, Tampa is uh, is going to have problems. I think that their problem is going to be just slightly bigger than what people think. They already have injuries to two of their guys on the offensive line already. Leonard Fournette came into camp 260 pounds. That that's mm-hmm. unacceptable. I know they picked up Julio Jones, but Brady, especially at his age, needs protection. And you saw during that Super Bowl season after the, especially after they lost to the Bears, uh, Brady did not get touched that much anymore. And you saw what happened to him to him last year. Uh, they had a couple of stretches where they couldn't protect him all the way. So uh, this year is definitely going to be a challenge for him. And you know he expects near perfection from all his from all his guys at all times. So uh, uh, to start the year, it's, it's going to be a challenge for Brady and the Bucks.
0: Uh yeah, they're gonna get tested early on as well. So we'll see how that that O line. I mean, that that's a mm-hmm. that's a big key, especially for a forty five year old quarterback. I mean, you're gonna have mm-hmm. to make sure he's protected. So that's gonna be kinda like the, the thing that's gonna, you know, to look out for in that particular uh sense. Now, Dallas, I mean, you know, they actually play Dallas in the opener, Tampa does, so um, I'm wondering, like I said, we get, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about what we do to a- NFC East, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, you know Dak and how that defense, because they lost a couple of key guys on defense uh, mm-hmm. in the offseason. So that's going to be kind of like the thing. How is he going to look? They lost Amari Cooper as well during the offseason. So to me, I think this is going to be like, we're going to see, you know, Dallas kind of like, you know, we'll see if Dallas, can Dallas get over that hump and, and and such, and just try to kind of like at least make it interesting over there in the NFC East.
1: Yeah, head coach Mark Mike McCarthy's in trouble, especially the way their season ended last year and that ugly loss at home to the 49ers in a wild card round. Of course, this team led the league get penalties last year. We thought it was bad here in Chicago with the Bears and penalties, which it was. Uh, Dallas had it the worst. And number two, Ezekiel Elliott. We talked about he had needed to have a bounce back year last last year he didn't. Looks like Charles Pollard which it will be smart for them to at least split the carries with, with uh, Elliot? Perhaps give Tony Pollard a little bit more carries than Zeke because it looks like Zeke is done. I know many people told Jerry Jones not to sign Ezekiel Elliott to a long-term deal. Hey, business is business, but I, I uh, you kind of see Jerry Jones. I don't agree with him on too much stuff in terms of football, but I can see why you don't give uh, running backs, especially running, running backs in that stature long-term deals. You see, he Ellie has been on the decline the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. And that's probably this is probably the one time where he's actually smart, you know, and not, not, you know, wanting to you know, put the check out to Zeke, you know, giving him all that money. But uh, look, especially with running backs, I mean, he's getting up there now. So mm-hmm. a lot of wear and tear. So interesting what happens there, you know, can Trevon digs, on digs, uh, you know, duplicate. It's going to be very hard for him to duplicate what he did last year, leading the league in, in uh, interceptions, especially. So that's going to be another thing. And, you know, and like I said, you're know, losing a lot of guys inside the Martin Cooper is gone. So who is, you know, gallup been having injury issues. It's, you know, training camps. So C.D. Lamb, you know, as well. So it's going to be interesting to see who is Dak going to throw to. And I think that's going to be the sort of like the key question there.
1: Yeah, and also, too, like you said, with that defense, like can they at least duplicate at least half of the production of what they did last year? Because remember, two years ago, they were one of the worst defenses in the league, and they turned it around last year when we mentioned with, with Trayvon Dix. Now, the offensive line is key to uh, any uh, uh, any team that's trying to win a championship. And Dallas is going through it right now as well on the offensive line. You got to protect that press, Scott, put, keep him upright. They did that for the most part last year. If you can't do that this year, it's going to be another long, ugly season.
0: Oh, boy. It could be a long season down there in Dallas. They're going to be dominating ESP and all then Fox. So, like, my, my head's already <laughs> going to start I know. Get it from that. I know. Yeah, it's a little bit nutty, but uh, you know Philadelphia, you know, like I said, well, again, well, we'll once we get into the NFC East, we'll mm-hmm. talk more about that. But Philly, you know, they snuck into the playoffs last year. They were actually were right there in a lot of their games, and now you got AJ Brown, you know, coming coming via Dre. So Jalen Hurts got somebody to throw to. That old line is going to be key. I think you got look, you got Jason Kelsey, you got him to come back for another season. So that's going to be a key. And I think the defense, you know, look, you got, you got, you got, you got like, young guys. I know they got they got Darius Slay and you know Josh Sweat and you know Brent and Fletcher Cox. Of course, he's been around forever. Mm-hmm. It feels like so. That's going to be another key for me, especially with the Eagles, to see if they can kind of make you know inroads in the uh, NFC East.
1: Yeah, like I said, the, the combination of AJ Brown and Jalen Hurst should be interesting. But I want to see how their running game pans out, and I want to see if the defense can step it up to another level. They did that. Uh, during the second half of last season. Uh, you could take out the performance against Tampa Bay in the wild card round last year. No one was going to stop Tom Brady and company on that day. But they got some young guys on, on that defense. Uh, let's see if they can take another step. And the offense should take another step as well. I think this is definitely going to be a big year for Mr. Hurts
0: could be a breakout year for him and i know some people are already like questioning it because you got Gardner ministry waiting in the wings so i'm sure he's gonna want to you know try and make sure you know does well as well one more team before we go to break sid uh i mean let's kick this off since we got we're gonna be talking about the afc west anyway uh for me i i think i think you know the 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 raiders are going to be very interesting because you got yeah, new coach Josh McDaniels. And, and I, I, I'm i kind of wondering, you know, you got Devontae Adams back via trade, him and uh, Derek Carr, reuniting. I mean, I, like I said, I think that the Raiders are going to be an interesting team for me to watch in that division, especially, especially with, since the other three teams are going to be really good. This could be like a, this could be a slug fest in the AFC West.
1: Yeah. With the new head coach, Josh McDaniels, we'll get into more uh, in deeper detail on, on the other side of this break, but Josh McDaniels did he learn uh, the mistakes that he did uh, when he was with Denver about a decade ago? I know he's been working with Bill Belichick over these uh, majority of his uh, coaching career. Let, let's see if he learned his mistakes from Denver and and, and capitalize on them as the coach of the Raiders. Because people forget the Raiders made the playoffs last year, and and they came within a couple of big plays of upsetting the Bengals on the road. So this is not as bad as bad of a team as uh, people may think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll talk more about the AFC West. You know, this is a report the top of the hour with David Drugmeyer of the Locked On Chargers podcast. We're going to talk, you know, Chargers and AFC West as well. We're also going to recap Week Zero, week zero of college football and, uh, you know, a new, uh, an old uh, name. Well, I wouldn't say old since he's not old by any means, but an old name. Catch the FedEx Cup once again. And we're going to do a little U.S. Open preview as well. Busy hour or two coming up next. Sydney Brown, the Keenan McGee, the second season sports on SportsZone Chicago. A lot more coming up right after this break.
2: Progressive presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Light day around baseball today. Cleveland at Detroit. The White Sox visit Kansas City. The Cardinals are at Denver. The Astros host the Rangers. The Red Sox at home against the Orioles. The Cubs take on the Reds in the Field of Dreams game in Dyersville, Iowa. The NFL preseason kicks into high gear this week. Tonight, the Giants visit the Patriots while the Titans head to Baltimore. Tomorrow, the Falcons visit the Lions. The Browns are at Jacksonville. The Jets visit the Eagles. The Cardinals at Cincinnati. The Packers are on the road at San Francisco on Saturday. Carolina at Washington. Kansas City at Chicago. The Bills host the Colts. The Bills the current favorite to win the Super Bowl. The Seahawks visit the Steelers. It'll be the Dolphins at Tampa. The Texans hosting the Saints. The defending Super Bowl champion Rams battle the Chargers at SoFi Stadium. Denver at home against the Cowboys while the Raiders host the Vikings. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sport Zone Chicago.
1: Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports. We're live in the Lemon Color on the Monday edition, right here in Sports Zone, Chicago. Although Miss Aquina which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at C Kit80. Once again, ck 80 That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Hey, follow me at McGee on the Twitter and score
0: again on the IG.
1: We have less than 60 minutes left they this strip against we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us? especially for our next guest. You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. And we have to remind you once again that you can also now catch Sports On Chicago on Roku TV. Lakina, let's kick off our number two by previewing the Los Angeles Chargers in the AFC West with our first time guest. He's the co-host of the Locked on Charges podcast. He does a great job. You can find Locked on Charges podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and you can catch him on YouTube. Just type type in Locked on Charges. He's the one, the only, the great David Droegemeier. David, welcome to the show. How are you?
5: Hey, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. I am doing wonderful. Finally, the preseason is over, and the real football can
1: now begin. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Where can people catch you on the Twitter?
5: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at DrotalkSD. You can find our show's Twitter account at LockedOnLAC. We do five audio and video shows a week for Charger fans, and our network supports every major sport
1: in America. So come find us. All right, let's get started. By before we get to the rest of the AFC West division, let's preview your LA Chargers. we call them, uh, with much due respect, the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles. Uh, you guys have a top five quarterback. His name is Justin Herbert. We saw him take some big strides last year, and he's now now people consider him one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. What do you think he could he can do to duplicate that performance here in 2022? Perhaps do you think he has another ceiling to go to uh, to take the charges where they need to go to this year? Absolutely. Justin Herbert definitely has another gear that he he can
5: kick into. This is only his second year in the same offensive system since he was a in high school. So he had a different coach and a different system every single year in college and his first year in the pros. This is his only his second year in the same offensive system with the same offensive coordinator, the same head coach. So just getting that mastery of the system, understanding going to that football two Oh two stuff, you know, you know, being able to change the snap count, being able to dissect defenses. He has that inventory of experiences now running this offense for the first year. And now with a much improved defense of a uh, much improved defense after the Chargers went out there and spent a bunch of money to try to shore up that unit. He's not going to be asked to do as much and play as much hero ball and try to have to pull his Defense out from under it, you know, when you're when you have a quarterback that has to overcome a defense that gives up 28 points per game, it makes things extremely difficult, even for a quarterback as talented as Justin Herbert.
0: Well, we'll talk about defense for a second. Yeah, you know, speaking of that defense. Uh, yeah. Khalil Mack from the trade. Uh, I know he's been coming off injuries. Has he practiced a lot or has he been playing a lot of preseason? How how has he looked so far?
5: Yeah. Khalil Mack is a hundred percent healthy. He has not dealt with uh, any of the foot injury uh, issue that he uh, sidelined him for, you know, the majority of the season last year. And honestly, I think people forget, you know, Khalil Mack had, at six sacks in seven games last season, so it's not like he was actually slowing down. He he was still an absolute terror on the outside, uh, but yeah, this year he has not missed any practice time at all in, in OTAs. He showed up for voluntary uh, workouts. He has been active and very disruptive the entirety of Chargers training camp. He has not played a single down uh, in the preseason, nor have any of the Chargers starters. Brandon Staley coming from the Rams, uh, they have a philosophy of trying to get their guys to week one healthy. And so pretty much, you know, no start is more like now 98% of them were on the sidelines in a track suit, and that included Cleo Mack. But Cleo Mack looks fantastic. He's excited to show everybody that he still has a lot left in the tank, and he's also very excited to pair up with Joey Bosa. You're going to have two absolute menaces on each side collapsing the pocket
1: and terrorizing quarterbacks
5: all season long.
1: Speaking of head coach, Brandon Staley, of course, uh, you know, we like him and respect him to a degree because of his aggressiveness, but it kind of backfired him during the uh, uh, the last month of the season last year, including that regular season finale at Las Vegas, which that game should have ended in the time the Chargers would have gotten into the playoffs. But uh, from from your vantage point, uh, what, did this, what did the Los Angeles Chargers organization, did they talk to him? him at all about his uh, coaching philosophy during the off season because it, it did backfire on him. Do you think he'll be more, for like a bad term, careful on, on how he uh, calls the games and, and goes and be aggressive uh, for this upcoming year? Absolutely
5: not. The organization loves this. He, they love the aggressive mentality. The, the general manager, Tom Telesco, has embraced it. The ownership has embraced it. That's the brand of football that they want to play. They want to be aggressive. They believe in the analytics, but they also believe in the feel of the game. And, you know, of course, everybody remembers when you go for it on fourth down and, and you don't make it. But everyone seems to forget all the times that you do go for it and it wins you football games like against – the Cleveland Browns, when they went for it on, on their side of the field because they felt like the momentum was slipping away, they come back and end up winning that game in a shootout. They also go for it on fourth down against the Kansas City Chiefs in the first game. If they don't do that, they'll probably lose that football game. Everyone always forget, and you know bringing up that last game against the Raiders, the Chargers and Justin Herbert didn't do all the incredible heroics that they did, converting fourth down after fourth down after fourth down, scoring touchdowns, coming all the way back, to tie the football game. The Chargers aren't even in a position to potentially go to the playoffs. So the saying goes, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. But the Chargers organization believes in Brandon Stilley, appreciates the aggressive uh, approach to playing football. And it's really just boils down to this. They want to give the ball to their best player and their best player is Justin Herbert. And they trust Justin Herbert to go out there and execute and to convert But I think this year you might see a little bit of a a, a different philosophy, just a little bit of a change. I think they'll still be aggressive, but now I feel like the Chargers feel like they have a defense that they will trust a lot more, that will be able to get stops, that will be able to get off the football field, and they might not have to be as aggressive on fourth downs as they were last year.
0: Yeah, that was a big part problem for them last year. Was because you know, the defense gave up a lot of big plays, so there were no situations where they had to be aggressive. So I see where they're coming from now. Austin Eckler, he was sort of like didn't rush for over a thousand yards. Will there will there kind of be he'll he'll be using more, or will they be using running you know the running you know running backs at all?
5: Oh yeah, Austin Eckler. See, the thing about Austin Eckler is not all about just the rushing yards. With Austin, he's one of the best receiving running backs in the NFL. He scored 20 touchdowns last year. The only other person that scored 20 touchdowns that was not a quarterback was Jonathan Taylor. Okay. And everyone talks about Jonathan Taylor and the incredible year that he had because he had 1800 rushing yards and 20 touchdowns. Austin Eckler had 20 touchdowns as well, but Austin Eckler does his work as a receiver and as a running back. So it's all about the all-purpose yards with Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is one of the most dangerous receiving running backs in the NFL. He's very low to the ground. He's hard to tackle. He's incredibly strong. And I mean, if you don't believe me, just go check out his Instagram and see the incredible workouts that Austin (laughs) Eckler does. This guy is a beast. I I see that he'll probably get a little bit less touches this year because the Chargers did bring in another running back. They drafted Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M out of the fourth round. So I think he's going to come in and complement what Austin Eckler brings to the table. But Austin Eckler is still a weapon. He is still going to get his touches. He is still going to be a dynamic playmaker because, hey, if you ball out, the quarterbacks are
1: going to find you. David Joker, my co host of the Locked on Charges podcast, is hanging out with us here on Second City Sports Live in living color on the Monday edition, right here on Sports On Chicago. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. David, uh, staying with that offense. Uh, I heard you guys talk about him on a couple of episodes ago. Kenan Allen, I had him on my fantasy team a couple of years ago. Put up great numbers for me. But uh, removing my fantasy ex- football experience from him, let's talk, talk about the actual production he puts on the field. Do you think that he really gets the respect that he deserves from around the league? We talk about Amari Cooper. We talk about some of the other diamond Net receivers. Justin Jefferson with the Minnesota Vikings. Devontae Adams, who we will get to later now with the Raiders. But do you think Kenan Allen... Uh, gets his the respect that he deserves from around the league i think he gets the respect from the players and the coaches i think the players and coaches know
5: keenan allen they respect keenan allen's game they know that he is one of the most pure route technicians in the nfl probably one of the best route runners in the nfl he's never been a big speed guy but he will kill you off the line of scrimmage he is so quick he is so fast he understands the leverages that the corners are trying to play against him. He just has a knack to get open. He's a first down monster and a third down machine. If you need to get a first down, you're throwing uh, throwing to Keenan Allen. And the problem is, is they know the ball is going to Keenan Allen. They can't stop it because he's that good. And he is still that good. And the reason why he's going to continue to be good, even in his 10th year in the NFL, is because he is that route running savant. He just knows, understands the mechanics of getting open, and he is going to continue to do that for many years to come. I think in, early on in his career, a lot of people had the injury concerns with him, but he has played five straight seasons now, and it's you know 95-plus catches, 1,000 yards pretty much every single year. Fans, I don't think, respect Keenan Allen as much as he deserves to be respected, but I guarantee you players and coaches around the league know and respect Keenan Allen's game.
0: Derwin James just got a nice you know, little bump in his salary a couple of weeks ago. I know he's had some injury issues and, and actually hasn't really. You know, he's been up there, too, but I think I'm sure even he said he could play better. What do you see, you know, Derwin James this season you know, on the on the secondary side?
5: Derwin James is a absolutely special athlete uh, and and he's not just the safety. I think calling him a safety is really kind of diminishing what his value is. This is a guy that can do anything that you ask him to do on the defensive side. If you need him to play back as a, as a last line of defense type of free safety, he can do that. If you need him to play in the box and stop the run, he can do that. If you need him to rush the passer, he can rush the passer better than most pass rushers in the league. He is a special human being. He is one of the best defenders in the NFL when he is on the football field. He was an all pro at two different positions in his rookie year. He had a couple of years where he was out because of injury, but last year he comes back a hundred plus tackles, sacks, interceptions, Derwin James. If he's on the field, He is going to be an impact talent, a guy that can lock up a number one wide receiver, can lock up a tight end. It just doesn't matter. This guy's a special athlete. As Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, likes to
1: say, it's a completely different movie when Derwin James is starring in it. And sticking with that defense, David, we talked about Khalil Mack earlier, and we talked about Joey Bosa. Who else on that defensive line, whether it's the defensive line or the linebacking core? uh, Give us a, a name that people are not talking about in and you look at that roster and say that guy could have a have an impact uh, to help those two superstars out. Give us a couple of names that uh, no one's talking about that could have a a, a surprise year on their def- on their defensive squad.
5: Yeah, for sure. So the Chargers, the biggest problem for the Chargers last year was they were giving up 140 rushing yards a game. When you're giving up that much on the ground you can't do anything that you want to do on the defensive side. You're you're you, what you call is being dictated to you instead of you dictating what, you know, you're going to do to the opposing offense. You know, you, they got in a lot of third and short situations and it's really easy to get, you know, to move the chains on offense when you're in a third and four third and five and less And the chargers. Unfortunately, were having to defend that a lot last year. So two big moves that, were were made this offseason to really correct that problem was bringing in Sebastian Joseph Day from the Rams and Austin Johnson from the Giants. These are two guys that were top 15 in the league and run stop percentage. All they do is stop the run. If the Chargers are able to stop the run early on, on early downs on first and second down and getting those third and long situations, then they can unlock and unleash that pass rush and get off the field and get more interceptions and get more turnovers for this team. I think those two guys are going to be instrumental in the turnover of the defense this year, turning in from one of the worst units in the league to a potential top 10 unit this year.
0: Let's talk about the division as a whole, David, because you know that this division, of the AFC West, is going to be very competitive. It's going to be a slugfest. We'll start with the Chiefs. I mean, of course, they're the defending champs again. Uh, of course, you know Tyree Kill is you know is in Miami now. They brought in Juju Smith Schuster. They've made you know, a couple adjustments on the defensive side as well. Where do you see the Chiefs? You know, you know, are they going? To, is it going to be a, a battle between those two? You know, have the Chiefs in the Chargers for the AFC West again.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think until you unseat the king, right, you know, they're still in the seat. They're still on the throne. So the Chiefs have won the division for pretty much the last six years. The Chargers haven't won the division since 2009. It's been a very, very long time. But I feel like this year uh, it's going to be the Chargers and the Chiefs battling out at the top of the division. Andy Reid, that head coach over there, he knows how to win. He knows how to put offenses together. He understands that. He's very, very good at that. Uh, I do feel like they are going to see a de- decline on offense because Tyreek Hill did a lot of bailing out for Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. A lot of that backyard football plays where you see Mahomes scrambling and he just throws it up to Tyreek and then Tyreek makes makes a crazy play and scores a touchdown. That's you know you're not going to have that luxury this year, mm-hmm. so it's going to be you know you know who you're going to key in on. You're going to try to eliminate Travis Kelsey. He's the the biggest playmaker that's remaining on that team. So you know mm-hmm. if you have a guy that can lock down. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey, then it's going to be, a, they're going to have to find guys to be productive and replace that production. And it's going to take a village to replace their production of a Tyree kill. And I think it's going to take some time for them to find that identity and be able to go out there and execute. I feel like the chargers had a top five offense last year and they didn't really make any kind of deficiencies or they didn't have any guys really leave. They just added two. you know, they drafted another guard in the first round and they brought in Gerald Everett, uh, the tight end from Seattle, a couple of guys that are going to make a positive impact on the Chargers offense. So I do feel like, you know, the, the Raiders made some moves. I think, you know, they're going to be better this year, but the offensive line is a huge concern for me. I I don't think they know who's going to play offensive line. I don't think they have very much confidence in their offensive line. I think their defense is definitely very suspect. Um, Also they have a new head coach and you know, we know what happened last time he was the head coach of a franchise that did not go over very well. And then you have the Denver Broncos, who have a phenomenal set of wide receivers, uh, and they have a quarterback to actually throw them the football now. But they also have a new head coach, and they have a new offense, and they have a new defense and a new defensive coordinator. So I think it's going to take some time for those other teams to gel and to kind of find that rhythm. I think the Chargers are in prime position to be able to take the crown for the first time in over a decade.
1: We're halfway home with our guest David Meyer, co host of the Locked on Charges podcast. He's hanging out with us on the Monday edition of Second City Sports. Live in 11 color on Sports Zone, Chicago City. Lekin here with you, Dave. I want to stay with you for a moment on the Denver Broncos. Of course, they brought in Russell Wilson. You mentioned they had the wide receivers. I know, I think Melvin Gordon former charger one-time charges is back for at least for this year running the ball but their defense was good last year but I'm not sure is ready to take that next step and I think Russell Wilson is going to find out quickly that that defense may not be as good as advertised and that offensive line that's one of the reasons why he left Seattle uh, that offensive line could be in question Denver for at least the first year I, I see Denver being a hover around 500 they they can make the Playoffs by the skin of the team, but I can see them missing the playoffs by like three or four games. What are your thoughts about the Broncos coming into this year?
5: Yeah, I think the problem for the Broncos is that they're playing in the AFC West and they're going to be playing it up against teams that, Uh you know, are going to be very, very difficult to play up against. And they got to do it five times, (laughs) six six times this year. So there's going to be some cannibalization there, you know, of teams beating each other. And, you know, I think it's going to take some time for for Russ to, to really understand who he's throwing the football to, where his rhythm is. I think they're going to have a good running game. Uh, I definitely feel like that defense is suspect. Um, I I like the the corners on the outside. I think Patrick Sertan's a phenomenal player there. Uh, But uh, I have some questions about the interior. Uh, I don't know what their defensive line is going to look like, what their back end is going to look like um, with the safeties. Um, So I'm definitely concerned with that. But also, I think Russell uh, tends to throw it up a little bit, you know, and try to, you know, give his wide receivers some opportunities to make some plays. And I think that's going to get him in some trouble uh, with the, the talent of the defenses that he's going to be going up against. Um, I think the Broncos, uh, they found a quarterback, you know, finally uh, after circling through about, you know, what seems like 15 different guys, uh, they, they mortgaged the farm to be able to bring him in. Um, So they, they did what they could to try to, you know, to make a, make themselves a more competitive team, but I do feel like, you know, they're not going to be able to contend in the AFC West this year.
0: Now I know you said the Raiders. Now it's going to be interesting with the Raiders. Of course, you got the Montee Adams over there now, you know, they got a whole new staff. I mean, you know, especially that defense is going to be kind of interesting because the pieces are there. Of course, Max Crosby, who's probably like one of the better, like, you know, front four guys in the, in the, uh, in the league. And so where, where do you see them? Do you see the Raiders kind of being up there? you know, right there in that division, you know, battling out with the chargers and the chiefs.
5: I, I honestly don't think so. I think they're the, the talent they're like, they have talent. You know, they have a couple of pass rushers. They have some great skill position players, but like I said before, the offensive line's a major concern for me. I don't, I don't know how they can feel comfortable going into this year with the, the five guys that they got out there. I feel like that's going to cause a lot of problems for them. And, and you know, that's going to really prevent them from getting into those favorable, uh, you know, down and distance situations. And the defense has always been suspect. You know, they, they've drafted uh, the, the the Raiders drafts are always the craziest to me. I mean, I think this year was decent, but every other draft before that, you, you know, you had, they they made picks that made you scratch your head. Just like, what what were you thinking? Why did you draft that guy in the first round? That doesn't make sense. It just seems like they do a lot of those moves. Uh, but yeah, for the Raiders this year, they're going to score, they're going to score some points, but I think they're going to give up a lot of points as well. And I think that's going to be the problem. The defense is going to be their Achilles here, Achilles heel. I think that they could potentially come in uh, as a wild card, but I don't feel, I don't fear the the Raiders, uh, and the AFC West, as far as a contender for the AFC West crown.
1: Last moment or two with the David Druckenmeyer cup. Co-host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, right here on Sports on Chicago, Second City Sports. Sid Lekina here with you. Last question from me, David. Let's go back to the Chargers wide receivers. We talked about Kenny Allen earlier. Talk about this. Is a two-part question. Talk about Mike Williams. It looks like he makes about two or three highlight catches every year, and he's a favorite target of of, of Justin Herbert. And who's going to be that third wide receiver to have out uh, Williams and Kenny Allen for this upcoming year?
5: Yeah. I mean, Mike Williams is phenomenal. He just signed a new three-year contract worth over $60 million this off to stay with the chargers and stay with Justin Herbert. Uh, Mike Williams is a guy that is a, you know, 50, 50 guy, but he's more like an 80, 20 guy. When you throw the ball up to Mike Williams, it seems like more often than not he's going up and he's grabbing it and he's bringing it down. Um, he just makes those highlight circus catches. He has a crazy catch radius. He's not the fastest receiver out there, but he does have some decent speed and, Uh, Fortunately, he has Keenan Allen in that same room with him that, you know, he's getting nastier and nastier with his releases. Uh, So Mike Williams has been a guy that last year got featured as the X receiver. um, And, you know, he had a career year, you know, he had a phenomenal season for the Chargers, made some really, really big plays that kept the Chargers in games and won games for the Bolts. And as far as who the wide receiver three is going to be, that's going to be a second year wide receiver uh, out of Tennessee by the name of Joshua Palmer. Joshua Palmer is a guy the chargers are very, very high on. He has uh he's a very, very good route runner. He has very strong hands. He did not drop a single pass uh, last year at all. Uh, he had about 350 yards receiving four touchdowns. This is a guy that, stayed after practice every single day, catching passes from Justin Herbert, trying to build that chemistry and that camaraderie, a guy that's an extremely hard worker that shows up on the field. He did play a little bit in the preseason, and he dominated on the snaps that he was given. So Josh Palmer is a guy I think coming into his second year in the league is ready to break out. The only problem is the Chargers got a lot of offensive weapons, a lot of mouths to feed. So we'll see how he carves his role in this offense this season.
0: All right, David, the uh, win total for the Chargers is 10.5 or 11, depending on which odds makers you look at. Where do you see their win total?
5: Yeah, so for for me, uh, I've already kind of gone on record a little bit with, with mine, so I have to stay consistent with it. I have the Chargers going 12 and 5, this season, I feel like honestly, they have the talent to beat any single team that they go up against this season on their on their schedule. Um, obviously, there's a couple of outliers that always happen. You know, you, you go in, you expect to win, and hey, you know, you're you're playing up against an NFL NFL team, so things don't always go as planned. So I'm not gonna say they're gonna go out here and go 17 to no. That's not realistic. There are some several uh, games out there that are going to be a challenge like against the Rams. You know, that's going to be a, a very interesting game. I think playing against Kansas City, you know, in Kansas City, that's going to be a, a difficult one. That's always a really loud stadium to play in. Um, so they have some opportunities to get losses on this, on this, uh, you know, this record here, but I'm going 12
1: and five for the Chargers. I do have them winning the AFC West this season. All right. You've been listening to David Droegemeyer, the co-host of the Lot not Chargers podcast. You can get that podcast wherever you get your podcast, and you can catch him right here on YouTube. Just type in lot on charges. And you can find David on Twitter at Droll Talk S D. Once again, that's D-R-O-T-A-L-K-S-D. David, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. We love listening to you. You guys put out great content and let's do this again at some point during the season, okay? Absolutely. You guys let me know. I'll be happy to come back. All right, take thank care, you, David. David. Much continued success. Thank you guys. You too. Bye now. All right. Bye now.
0: All right. Once again, that's David. You can check out the locked on chargers podcast, you know, wherever you get your podcast, YouTube, you know, Google play, Spotify, Mm -hmm. wherever you get your podcast. And uh, let's finish up here. We've got a couple minutes left. So let's finish up before we got to go to our last break. Now the whole thing with the, uh, the West is going to be interesting because it's going to really going to depend on who can avoid injury, any major injuries, who can kind of be consistent throughout the season. I mean, leaving the Broncos aside, I just don't think they have the talent. I know Russell Wilson's over there now, but I just don't think they they have some young talent. They're going to have new ownership. So you probably won't hear too much from them this year, probably more next year, especially once they get everybody going and whatnot. So I think for me, I think the Chargers and the Chiefs. I I would say the Raiders still have a Mm -hmm. shot. I think if they can kind of like make consistency, was a problem last year for the Raiders. And that's going to be kind of like the thing here, especially with the You know, I know Khalil Mass could make a huge difference from from seven from the Chargers. That was really what was missing for them last year. Mm -hmm. Looks like he's 100% now, as David said. I think the Chiefs will take a step back. I I think, you know, not having Tyreek Hill there, I think that's going to be kind of like the thing. Really, I think we're going to see how much, you know, the, the, the Chiefs miss them. I'm not going to remember that gonna,
1: defense carried in the middle part of that season last year when they struggled on offense.
0: Right. That's true. But again, you know, that, that's sort of like, you know, it could you know they lost a couple of guys mm-hmm. in that defense too. So let's, yeah. you know, we'll let that sort of, sort of, you know, it all kind of evens out. So I'm thinking that maybe the Chargers could end up sinking in. If they don't do the same things they did last year, the Chargers could, you know, snatch the uh, division away from the chiefs. But like David said, un- until someone does beat them, I think it is. I know. I'm not going to say it's the chiefs division to win, to lose, I should say, but mm-hmm. you know, they, I think they could probably you know, lose a division certain parameters or certain embrace go go you know, come to certain you know, folks' way.
1: Of course, we'll give out our picks on Friday, but I, I'm, I'm with you, it's going to come down to the Chiefs in, in the charges for the Chiefs. As I said before, what are they going to do without Tyreek Hill, who's now with Miami, and what's going to be the offensive scheme if they if Andy Reid is taking the, the playbook of i.e., Brett Favre, i.e., Aaron Rodgers. Oh, we got Patrick Mahomes. He can make a star out of anybody. That's not going to work for very long. You see what Aaron Rodgers is going through right now in Green Bay. And we saw what happened with Burke Favre, especially in the middle to the last part of his career. You can't make a, a great wide receiver out of anybody. You're a great quarterback, but you got to have talent at the wide receiver position. I'm interested to see what happens with that. For the Chargers, like you said, Lil Mack is out of Chicago. He's out of that toxic environment. Now he's with the Chargers. So he's going to have a new and fresh start. He says... Has some minds left on those sides. We'll see how that goes. But I'm rich, really interested to see what's going on with the Raiders. Like you said, they're going to put up a lot of points, but can they stop somebody defensively? They did that in part, especially during the second half of last year. But Max Crosby, as you mentioned, one of the best young pass rushers in the game. I like Jonathan Abrams personally as a member of that secondary back there for the Raiders. Remember, they had problems in the secondary last year. So he was one of those picks from that Khalil Matrae from a few years ago. So let's see if he can turn around and have a big year. So I think it's going to come down to the Chiefs and Chargers, but my wild card team is the Raiders. If they can get it together defensively, especially in that secondary, and still a couple wins, especially on the road, uh, they're really going to make this AFC West division very, very interesting.
0: Could be an interesting division nonetheless at AFC West. So, we'll, uh like I said, we'll have our uh, predictions next Friday. So that's mm-hmm. going to be really interesting there. Now we're going to take a really quick break. Of course, you know we're going to recap Week Zero of the college football season. Some interesting surprises and preview some of the games are gonna be coming up you know before friday because there are going to be a couple of games coming up there too and then we're also going to have uh, rory McElroy wins the fedex cup again and a little us open preview as well a lot to do still in this last half hour along with the kingdom i'm the Keena mcgee that's my name <laughs> that's sydney brown the second scene sports mm-hmm. on sports on chicago and we'll talk more we're going to talk some college football right after this
2: Progressive presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Light day around baseball today. Cleveland at Detroit. The White Sox visit Kansas City. The Cardinals are at Denver. The Astros host the Rangers. The Red Sox at home against the Orioles. The Cubs take on the Reds in the Field of Dreams game in Dyersville, Iowa. The NFL preseason kicks into high gear this week. Tonight, the Giants visit the Patriots while the Titans head to Baltimore. Tomorrow, the Falcons visit the Lions. The Browns are at Jacksonville. The Jets visit the Eagles. The Cardinals at Cincinnati. The Packers are on the road at San Francisco on Saturday. Carolina at Washington. Kansas City at Chicago. The Bills host the Colts. The Bills the current favorite to win the Super Bowl. The Seahawks visit the Steelers. It'll be the Dolphins at Tampa. The Texans hosting the Saints. The defending Super Bowl champion Rams battle the Chargers at SoFi Stadium. Denver at home against the Cowboys while the Raiders host the Vikings. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sport Zone Chicago.
1: Welcome back to Second City Sports, last segment of the show right here, live in living color for a Monday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. You can find your shield on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80, that's SIDKid80. That's SIDKid80.
0: You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scott McGee on the IG
1: we got less than a half hour left of this extra game, so we call it sports talk radio show if you have any questions or comments for us you can go to sports on chicago's facebook page or sports on chicago on youtube type in your questions or comments in the comment section lakina will get them up on the screen for you lakina let's talk about week zero of the college football season we'll start off locally the northwestern wildcats yes there were double digit underdogs in dublin ireland they get the job done coming from behind to de- defeat the Nebraska Cornhuskers 31-28. Evan Hall from Northwestern carried the ball 22 times, scored the, the go-ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter of 119 yards rushing. Marvin Washington had eight catches for 97 yards. of the quarterback for Northwestern, yields 27-38 for 314 yards and two touchdowns. Lakina, I know you said on Friday that Nebraska should win this game, and prize, win it handily. It looked that way early for the least for the through the first quarter and a half, but Northwestern got b- back in the game and actually took the lead into halftime. But N- Nebraska re- reestablished themselves in the third quarter, but then something strange happened. In <laughs> then the game turned around and went back into the Northwestern's favor. We talked about it before we went on air live. Uh, recap what what Nebraska did. <laughs> yeah, they took the yeah, third they, they, yeah.
0: Yeah. Nebraska took over the lead by about 11 with a little over like nine and a half minutes left in the third quarter. <laughs> mi- third quarter, mind you. And they, you know, decided to do an onside kick. Now I don't know whose decision that was. I don't know if that was Scott Frost's decision or the whoever the D, the special teams uh coordinator uh, but I've I've seen people try to defend this saying, well, if maybe if he had made it, then you know they had won, you know, it was as a genius move even still you don't do that with nine and a half minutes left in the third quarter you don't do that so especially when you know, when your front seven your defense has not been able to stop northwestern i mean yeah they had mm-hmm. a couple of stops here and there but you know if you had you know kicked it deep and you know maybe made a stop mm-hmm. you probably could have you know, put the nail in the coffin for them. unfortunately you know, they gave northwestern short field they came back you know and they were able to you know you know he'll think linsky was able to kind of you know, get a couple of touchdown passes there of course evan hall had a you know rush for 119 yards and such but uh mm-hmm. I, I mean i know scott frost was doing a lot of you know doing a lot of moonwalking after the game but you know <laughs> we need to be more aggressive and such like you you've been there like four years coach frost i mean you didn't know that already so like yeah i mean the nice one for northwestern but this was not exactly this was, you know, Nebraska gave this game away. And, unfortunately, for their defense, they were giving up a lot of, you know, yards and such. That's how it was last year. You know, the offense did what they could, but the defense, you know, just couldn't get it together and whatnot. These are not the black shirts. So, yeah, Northwest, okay, yeah, great win for them. But Nebraska, you had the chances to get this game, you know, over and done with. Again, you know, you had the chance to put the final nail in the coffin. You, you couldn't do it, so.
1: Lakina, what did I tell you on Friday? What did I say on the show on Friday? For Northwestern to have a chance, they must run the football and they must play a great defense. The defense didn't turn it around until late in that fourth quarter when they, they, they put the game uh they sealed the game with a with that interception. They got to Nebraska's quarterback a couple of times with, with those sacks. But as I said they needed to keep Nebraska in check. They did that uh starting late in that second half. But I said, Northwestern must run the football, and they did a heck of a job with that, especially when they got down early. They didn't go away with with the plan. They stuck with the offensive game plan, hit the open tight end, the wide receivers, whenever they were open, but keep pounding the rock. And that's, that's going to be the formula, I believe, for Northwestern this season. And they did that on Saturday.
0: We'll see how they do that against better defenses. So yeah, you know they play in a couple of weeks against Duke. You know I know they've been they're kind of like in the rebuilding mode for Duke, but you know it is what it is with them. You know Nebraska falls. Uh, they're you know for the ninth you know, consecutive time in one score games as Iowa State did it back in you know 2014, 16, and since hiring Scott Frost in 2018, they're five. They're five and 21 in one score games. That's the worst record in FBS over that span. That's not going to win you a lot of games. So. I, I like I said I'm surprised he still you know they they didn't leave him there because I did I know well, would have been okay with that but you know whatever but uh yeah well, let let's move along here now Florida State you know a lot of you know we'll we'll see I know it's Duquesne but they had a nice you know going. They had to wait, like I think, for a lot of these games, especially in the south region, you know, the southern part of the region. There was like a lot of severe weather, kind of what we're going through right now here, you know, here in the Chicago land area. Mm-hmm. A lot of rain going on. A lot of these, you know, games in the south, in the southern part of the country, they, they you know, like for almost two hours, they didn't, they didn't, they couldn't play because of lightning and such. But look, I know it's Duquesne. You know they beat them forty-one to forty-seven to seven. I should say uh, Florida State did. But yeah, you know, they had three—not one, not two, but three guys rushed for over hundred yards. You know, TreShaun War had one hundred twenty-seven. Trey Pitts mm-hmm. had one hundred five. Lawrence Toul- 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 Fully at one hundred one. It's the first time in Florida State history that they have had, over, had three one hundred-yard rushes in the same game. Like I said, I, look, I know it's Duquesne. It was FCS Duquesne, but. If you're Florida State, you know, Mike Norwell, yeah, I think he's on the hot seat. They play LSU
1: mm-hmm.
0: next weekend, you know, this weekend coming up. So, this could be like a nice little confidence builder going into that game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, this is a nice start. If you're, if you'll, you'll take this start if you're Florida State.
1: Yeah, as we mentioned, Florida State's been struggling the last few years. Uh, with the recruiting talent and so we'll, and it's a nice start even though it gets a lesser school three times less than in terms of talent and conference but this is a nice start by the Semino- Seminoles now let's give some love to another local team that played on Saturday and they actually won I know you, you said uh, beware of their opponent but the final line I defeated the Wyoming Cowboys 38 to 6 timing the veto for the final line I was 27 to 37 194 yards passing Two touchdown passes, even though the QB rating does not look good, but he was able to get the job done for the final line. Now uh, nine and, and Corey Brown for for the final line. I had nineteen carries for 151 yards and two touchdowns. Lakina, I'm not going to sit here and say that Illinois is going to go to a ball game. I think we talked about that. Chase Brown should say uh, the running back for final line nine. He had two touchdowns over 100 yards of rushing. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to go to a ball game. It is possible but it's still early in just like we talked about with the Northwestern a couple of moments ago. We wanted to see them do this against a uh, better opponents. Maybe you, you uh, catch a better opponent. Like they almost did last year at Penn state off the, off the rails a little bit. So that's why I think that Illinois is going to have any type of success this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, they had a nice show. Like I said, you know, Wyoming, Wyoming, I should say they're kind of, I don't want to say they're rebuilding, but they're sort of like, you know, right there kind of like, you know, with last year, they had a nice season last year. You know, last season i know look Devito didn't not his best performance you know he threw 194 yards and two touchdowns you know chase brown had 151 yards he's right there kind of like in that big 10 range but you know look i mean you'll take the win if you're illinois i mean you have like you're playing wyoming or rebuilding wyoming you know team you know traveling cross country and such so yeah it, it's fine i mean you'll you'll take that and, and and that's okay you know look look, that was a good performance by illinois and you you'll take that too now um North Carolina again, this is another game in that in the south region. That they no, had Carolina, wait like a, I'm sorry, <laughs> it's like two hours. Well, okay, shout most out people, Pablo. Yeah, most people won't get that reference, but yeah, uh another, uh, another game they had to wait like almost two hours. And of course, we all, if you guys know the story, what was going on over at Florida AM and all the weirdness there, I won't rehash it. You know, you can look that up on. Google, but, uh, you know, Drake May, uh, who is kind of like the heir apparent to Sam Howe, had a pretty impressive show, 294 yards and five touchdown uh, passes. on Hampton, you know, right there, all ACC. I think he was 13 on ACC. He had uh, 101 yards and two touchdowns. You know, Drake May, May also had another, uh, had a touch, uh, uh, you know, rushing for 55 uh, yards. I mean, yeah, look, it's four a and They're getting like a nice little seven, you know, figure check. Yeah. But, you know, I know they had to, like I said, they had to wait like two hours and such because of the, the storms. But, you know, a nice show there by North Carolina. And, yeah, I mean, look, again, again, take these at face value and such. I know UNLV looks really good. They had like a little, if you guys saw, they had like a little slot machine celebration, if you saw that after they scored one of their <laughs> touchdowns. A little, you know, look, it's, it's a lot of things. And, look, people need to kind of lighten up. And, look, it's, supposed, it's college sports. It's supposed to be fun at the end of the day. So, come on now. Give them exactly. a little, kind of little slack here.
1: Exactly. A couple of the scores to pass along to you from week zero in college football. North Texas defeated UTEP 31-13. And, and I'm sure Lakina stayed up to watch this because she's the West Coast college football queen. Uh, Vanderbilt defeated Hawaii by the score of 63-10.
0: Yeah, uh, you know Timmy Chan, of course. You know he was right there for the Heisman a few years back. You know comes back to Hawaii again. All the weirdness that happened there again. Google it if you want to find out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, look, you know, Vanderbilt. I mean, they, they only, they think they were really close last year, and and Vandy was a favorite. But this is actually the first time where Hawaii was able to play in front of their fans. They had they hadn't played in front of their fans in, like two years, mm-hmm. so this was a nice showing there. You know, nice little atmosphere. They had an opening a touch, you know, opening a touchdown, but. You know, Vandy, I think you know, kind of woke up a little bit. You know, Mike Wright, who could be right up there for all SEC, he, you know, passed for 146 yards and two touchdowns, but he also rushed for even more, 183 mm-hmm. yards and two touchdowns. So he, you know, in total, he had like 300, like almost 330 yards in total, and more of it was on the Russian <laughs> side. So he definitely kind of helped that, you know, with Hawaii and whatnot. So yeah, a nice show for Vandy again you know hawaii is probably i would say give him a couple of years i would say before i'm sure timmy chan will put his step you know his stamp on it and, and in that program and such so of course but yeah i mean look I, I i watched a little bit of it our buddy twan was doing this twan stanley of course did the same thing so that's <laughs> uh you know like i said pretty uh nice showing there for vanderbilt and whatnot but going into like some of the other uh like 63 to 10 and such. I, I turned it off like my halftime. They had, they had scored like 36 points in the, this, the third quarter. So they definitely kicked it into gear there in the second half. But uh, yeah, a couple of other uh, scores there. Are Florida Atlanta beat Charlotte 43-13. And uh, Nevada beat New Mexico State. You know, lightning was an issue for them. It wasn't really rain. It was more lightning. So they mm-hmm. had to wait for a little bit there. But, uh, you know, 23-12 Nevada beats the Aztecs there. And, Going to Thursday's games. Yes, you though. Know, the college week one college football starts on Thursday. Central Michigan and Oklahoma State. That'll be on FS1. The Backyard Brawls back after over a decade. West Virginia and Pittsburgh. That'll be at 6 o'clock on ESPN. That should be a fun one. Ball State and Tennessee. That'll be on SEC Network, South Carolina State, and UCF. That'll be on ESPN Plus. VMI as they face Wake Forest. Wake Forest hoping to uh Hoping to duplicate what they did last year, you know, playing very well. Penn State and Purdue, uh, also your first Big Ten game, you know, out the gate. Another Big Ten game out the gate as after Nebraska Northwestern. Yeah, this is prime
1: Western time on Fox.
0: Fox at seven o'clock. Uh, yeah, out b- b- big
1: road, big road test with James Franklin and company for Penn State.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Eastern Illinois, Northern Illinois, they'll be on ESPN Plus.
1: And on the Big Ten Network at eight o'clock, we'll have New Mexico State traveling to Minnesota to take on PJ Flex Golden Golfers. I'm really looking forward to that one. Minnesota's a 36 and a half point favorite, so Minnesota should have no problem with that. On the Pac-12 Network, however long that network will last, but that's a whole other mm. issue. But mm. regardless, mm-hmm. at nine o'clock on the Pac-12 Network, we have Northern Arizona. North, Northern Arizona and Arizona State to take on Herm Edwards, Brian Billiken and company in, in the Sun Devils and on FS1 at 930 on Thursday, we have Cal Poly at Fresno State.
0: Also, Portland State at, at San Jose State. Our girl Kyla Mills will be doing the sidelines for that game uh, on the local, I'm sorry, i sure like on the local networks too mm-hmm. if you live out there in Portland and in the Bay Area. So, yeah, those are your week one. We'll, we'll preview the other, other games you know, as we get clo- closer on Friday to the weekend, but mm-hmm. yeah, College football season, your week one kicks off, you know, on Thursday officially.
1: All right. You're listening to second city sports. We're live in 11 Kona on a Monday edition right here on sports all Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Lakina. Before we get to old school TV, Monday, uh, Serena Williams will uh, play in her match. Uh, This is our farewell tour as the U.S. Open kicks off tonight, the tennis tournament up there in Flushing, New York. Uh, What do you expect to see from from her? Do you think she'll win it all, or do you think she'll have one of her famous late early exits?
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I know the crowd's going to be behind her. I know they love her there at the U.S. Open. She won her first Grand Slam title at the U.S. Open in 99, so it's going to be interesting to see. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people going to be cheering for her Folks are hoping for kind of like the Jimmy Connors type run. So, we'll see what happens there. Uh, she, you know, Kavinovich, you know, that's who she plays. And I, I, I'm sure there's – I'm, I'm sure she knows that – I'm talking about Kovinovich. Well, I'm sure she knows there's going to be a lot of people, you know, a lot of folks going to be going against her. They're going to be cheering for Serena. We'll see how she handles that. So, will be interesting to see how all that, you know, all that plays out. Um, I know Coco Goff is on court right now as we speak. A lot of people are going to expect a lot from her. This year, at the U.S. Open. I'm sure a lot of the American uh, players are, or both the men's and the women's. I'm sure the lot, you know, a lot of folks are hoping for that. Especially you have Rafa, you know, Rafa Nadal, four-time uh, champion. He's there. So of course, you know, Novak Jovi is not. You know, we all we talked about it a lot of Friday why, but you know, like Daniel Medvedev is the defending champion. So hoping to kind of you know sort of like break through there. We'll see if you know, Tiafo can kind of make a breakthrough. Sam Query, especially on the American side for the men. So we'll see what happens uh, there. Is Macy well. Keys going to
1: participate or no?
0: I think she's playing as we speak. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, so I'm. Um, yeah, I think she is playing. If I'm not, okay. I know she has injury issues and such, but I think she is playing. If I'm not mistaken, I think she just wait till tomorrow. I think you know she plays actually later on. Uh, yeah, she plays later on at two thirty on ESPN. So make sure you guys check that out as well i know espn plus will be having that now rain could be an issue if you guys don't hear the uh, the lightning going on in the background here our- yeah not
1: hearing it too through my headphones it's pretty loud
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah so uh rain could be a problem later this week you know we'll see as yes. hey, look you got you got to roll the punch there at the us open i'm sure they know this so and whatnot but yeah it should be interesting though with the us open and uh, always a fun time like i so said we'll see if i know she i know serena envy is going to be playing doubles mm-hmm. two women's doubles, so. You know they got a wild card uh spot, so we'll see what happens with that as well. Like I said, I mean, could could Serena do a kind of like a uh, like a Jimmy Carlos, type thing from '91? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, anything's possible. But you know, can you know, will she? That's a whole different story. It's gonna be a lot. Yeah, of I'm kind
1: of with you on that boat. I'll, I'll be cheering for her, but I think she may come up just short. I'm not proud of saying that, but. I'm um, just being realistic with the situation. I mean, she's had a, a great career. Like I said, her and Venus, uh, they set the standard of what women's tennis is all about. They actually uh, got uh, uh, this U.S. Open to be broadcasted the finals in prime time because it didn't happen back in the day. Of course, we all, with, of course, with her father, uh, her, fa- her, and her father, her uh, her father went through publicly. Of course, her father. Uh, their father uh, put both of them uh, through tennis. Uh, they were talking about the hair with the braids, and then it was something else. It was just one thing got to the other. But the, both those sisters, uh, Percival and, and Serena, uh, has come out on the top. Let's not sneeze on Venus either. I, I know she's not quitting, but let's not sneeze on uh, Venus either. She's had a, a heck of a career as well. But uh, Venus is one of the top athletes of our time, and just uh, hope that she goes out with the championship.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Like I said, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's going to be a lot of people in the crowd that are going to be fired up and want to cheer for her tonight. Now, want to give another shout out to Rory McIlroy, who came back from six strokes back to win the FedEx Cup for the you know third time. The first, you know, the first person, first person win that you know, the FedEx Cup you know, for the third streak. Third, not third time, but second in three years, but also to third time mm-hmm. overall. You know, came back from six shots down to beat Scotty Scheffler. You know. Look, I mean, Rory's had a really good year, a very interesting year, no doubt. I mean, you know, he and Tiger be doing that, you know, the thing to kind of help sort of save PGA golf. And yeah, he's very vocal about the Live Tour and and such because those those like, oh, so some of his some of his good friends from Europe are probably are playing on that tour. So yeah, he kind of <laughs> gave him he kind of gave them once over. But uh, you know, like he said that he loves playing, you know, in the PGA Tour you know, and and whatnot. And if you're, you know, if you're Jay Monahan. uh, uh if you're from the, uh, if you're the president of the PGA tour, I, you'll be, gotta be feeling pretty good if you're, if you're, if you're him, because, you know, like he and mm-hmm. Tiger, I'm talking about Rory will be, you know, right there with it. So I, I I'm right there with it. I, I think, look, I feel you know, Jim Richardson, if you're you know, the other PGA president, I think if you're, uh, you know, I think he got be feeling pretty good. Someone's, someone even said that he kind of saved golf. <laughs> so, you know, if you're Dave yeah. Monaghan, the commissioner for the PGA Tour, I think you got be feeling pretty good. <laughs> if you're, if you're, yeah. If you're, so, you know, shout out to Rory, who had, who's had a really great season this year, was really close to winning another major. Hopefully this will, he'll, you know, come back, you know, next year for the Masters. Hopefully he can kind of get that last, you know, Jack, you know, that last, you know, tour, that, you know, major that, you know, that's been kind of like the thing that's eluded him. So.
1: Yeah. Congratulations to him. As we said before, the Live golf tour is coming. <clears throat> what will PGA, uh, the guys at PGA tour golf do is all about money at the end of the day. As I said before, and I'll say it again with the lift tour, uh, can you secure a big time TV deal? Because if you can, you really pull a scare into the folks that go the, the folks at the good old PGA.
0: Yeah, I know there have been some, you know, various TV networks, but from what I've heard or from what I've read, you know, we'll see we get, because we get our girl Christine Manica. She's also a big golf person, I'm sure. We'll, we'll probably ask her mm-hmm. that. But nothing, no one's really interested or no one wants to kind of touch it. So, again, we'll see what happens there. Also, another show too, speaking of the state of Hawaii, uh, the Honolulu-Hawaii Little League team, you know, won their second straight uh, Little League World Series title, being Curacao dominated from start to finish. I think they uh, they outscored their post, like, like, like 55 runs or something like that, you know, it's mm-hmm. actually the, the state's fourth overall, you know, since 05, they've won four. Only Japan has won more titles than any other country or U.S. state in that span. So shout out to the other you know, boys, the young men in Hawaii. And, you know, the four feel largest differential by any little league team in history. Because I think a lot of those same guys who played last year who dominated, they played this year. They totally dominated too. So want to give a shout out to the young men from Honolulu.
1: Yes, congratulations to those young men as well winning, winning the Little League World Series title. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, the Monday edition. We're laughing, live in the living color. Sid Lakina here with you. Around this time, Lakina is one of our uh, most popular and favorite segments. It's called Old School TV Monday. And guess what? The TV show, there we are, Saloon today, is Benson. That's right. Benson is an American sitcom television series that originally aired on ABC. From September 13th of 1979 to April 19th, 1986. The show stars the late Robert Guillaume in the title role of Benson Dubois, the head of the household of the governor, Eugene X Gatling, played by James Noble. The show focused on the conflicts and relationships within the governor's household, with Benson generally providing the sarcastic voice of reason. Ingo Swenson, Missy Gold, Didi Khan, and Ethan Vales all play long-term supporting roles on the show. The series was a spinoff of Soap, which the character Bitson first appears as a wise, cracking yet level headed African American butler for the highly dysfunctional Tate family. However, Bitson avoided the soap opera format of his parents' series for a more conventional sitcom structure. And the lead character eventually moved from his service position to a role as a lieutenant governor. The series was created by Susan Harris and produced by the Wilt Thomas Harris Productions in 1985. Robert Guillaume won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actor in the Comedy Series for his role in this series.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that I saw uh, Mr. Guillaume do a interview. This was years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Emmy, uh, Emmy Legends, and of course, he has uh, a couple of Emmys, you know, from this. And you know, he said he, you know, he. Had- the fight yeah he did actually didn't didn't re- sign his contract initially because he wanted kind of mm-hmm. more of a, a kind of more input on how benson was going to be written and of course the you he they grew that the character grew from being just a butler to kind of a confidant for mm-hmm. the not just the governor but for everybody who lived in that household then he became uh but his director then he became the lieutenant governor now the one sort of like uh-huh. the one thing so sort only of like the one thing that i know people offensive fans are probably still scratching their heads about is because of the fact that he and uh you know, Governor Gatley were kind of bowing out for Governor themselves. That was a cliffhanger mm-hmm. that no one knows what happened after that. And I remember um, I think I remember Tony. I, know, I think it was Tony Thomas who said this years ago on an interview. I think it was in that same uh, Emmy Legends uh, special. He said that they were told that they were going to come back for a short season, like a tw- 10, 12 episode run. But, mm-hmm. you know it you know ABC decided just to cancel the show entirely and you know people were he said that he still has folks coming up to them to him saying that you know what happened with that you know with that you know battle between yeah. uh you know, uh uh Benson and Eugene so that that whole thing was sort of like that was a cliffhanger one of the many cliffhangers in TV history that was never you know never answered so exactly what happens there but uh yeah but it sadly is what it is but very a very underrated uh sitcom i felt like benson was and you know renee alba jonas who you know died like i think earlier this year or i think i think not i think earlier this year i think he passed away he mm-hmm. played clinton Clayton in the clocky you know he and uh benson had a great he was a great spying partner for him and you know him and robert you know they had a, you know, they had a little bit old tiffs you know here and there and such you know clayton always got on mm-hmm. benson you know and vice versa they always Got yeah. you know, the little quips to each other, so that was pretty cool. Missy Gold, interesting fact here Tracy Gold, you know, her sister actually auditioned for the role of Katie as well. Now, of course, you know, the right. part, she did, mm-hmm. you know, Tracy actually did appear on the show later on in the last season, you know, playing her cousin. Um, but you know, James Noble, who was a great comedic actor, you know, I think very underrated, you know, he had to play like a very, like you know, absent minded, you know, he was kind of like. Oh, mm-hmm. a, very, a very warm, kind hearted guy. But he was very like absent minded such. So, so he was also, you know, he's a little, but he had a very warm heart. Angus Winston, who I, I think she went back to Europe after that, uh, after the show ended. Uh, yeah, she's 89 years old. She'll be 90 in this, December. And she's still, I wow. think she's out. Yeah, I think she lives out in Europe, I think, where she's from. I know she hasn't really, I don't think she's acting much since, she's had a, a few other TV stuff, but she hasn't really acted much since Benson yeah but, uh, yeah but yeah of Boy. course caroline M- caroline made Wheels, you know sadly passed away some years back i loved her for her rapport with benson they had a really great friendship of course you know certain people had a problem with it i don't have to explain what that was about right <laughs> But uh, i'm not gonna explain it but uh, you guys know you guys are pretty smart who are gonna be watch- mm-hmm. watching listening to this but they know but yeah he had a great rapport with you know benson with everybody so like i said one of the most underrated sitcoms i think in the 80s
1: and also, too, according to Wikipedia, according to Gary Brown, who directed the finale in 20 other episodes of Benson, three different outcomes were filmed, with Benson winning, Gatling winning, and a tie. The intent was to decide over break which outcome to use. Brown also stated that regardless of the outcome, the long-term intent for the next season was for Benson to become the governor.
0: Mm, okay, so that will be interesting. Yeah, too bad that, that that never came to fruition. So, like I said, that was yep. another cliffhanger that, you know, Unfortunately, we won't, we won't get an answer to that. It's on FUBU TV, Benson is, I believe. So for those of you who have uh, streaming devices and such, I, I think it's not also on Amazon, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and, and, and the first two seasons
1: stuff. are available for DVD.
0: Oh, right. I know. Yeah, so I saw that. So, yeah, so there are other places where you can watch Benson. But, yeah, like I said, a very underrated sitcom, Benson uh, was. and But they, af- they weren't afraid to kind of, like, you know, push, you know, with different, you know, issues, of course, race, you know, Of course, you know, during the early years, Mm -hmm. that was a big issue, of course. And also know that uh, they dealt with, I think they dealt with, like, real, I think they're, like, drugs and whatnot. So, and also, too, blackmail, political blackmail, kind of, like, was one of the first shows kind of, like, you know, talk about that type of thing, you know, when it comes to politics and stuff. So kind of like what Spencer City did when we did Spin City, Spin yep. City a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. kind of like the sort of the same realm there. So we saw, you know, Clayton was blackmailed. I know that Ben's had to catch some, you know, catch some guys. So yeah, it was actually, it was a great sitcom. that should get more of due. So we're going to give him if it's due right now.
1: Yeah. So I just want to give a quick story real quickly that I remember my late mother telling me about Benson. Of course, I was too young when uh, the series originally aired on ABC, but it, you know, it started, uh, Aaron reruns on cable i believe it was on wgm for a short time here in chicago yep. immediately i did it went off the air mm-hmm. and so I, I got a chance to watch some of those reruns growing up and she was like yeah if, if anything else benson was quick with it. i was like yeah and i started watching right. like yeah he got them all told as we say in the community mm-hmm. so he put them all in their place but he, he was a smart and stand-up guy and robert guillem i know we lost him a couple of years ago but uh I, he was great in other tv shows and movies that he was in he was, he was he, he was my favorite in the movie Lean on Me. Him and Morgan mm-hmm. Freeman went back and forth at it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you think you' bad, don't you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Do you, he, you remember
1: he, that scene in Lean on Me? At yeah. The, yeah. That um, was uh, Joe Clark had to apologize.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Was, I'm sure. I'm sure that pained Yeah. Uh, uh, Joe to have to do that, but uh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, like, very. Like I said, a very underrated uh show that was. You know doesn't really get a lot of it due because of i don't know why but you know yeah they made it like like you said so they made it like totally different and i think robert you had to fight for that to make it completely different than what you know soap was so he didn't want to kind of like mm-hmm. play that same character so they made it smarter you know they obliged and i know i think heard her i remember tony thomas you know who's the the son of the late great danny thomas i remember he said that uh that yeah that that you know they, they he actually uh, he and his uh production producing partners agree that you know what you're right so and they you know, I know Susan Harris was also champion in that particular format, too. So yeah. they would have a more conventional sitcom format, and the rest was history.
1: Yep, so we salute the great sitcom ABC television, Benson. So that's our salute for Old School TV Monday is Benson. All right, Lakina, let's close this show out, and let's take it home.
0: Follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter, and at McGee on the IG.
1: You can follow your surely Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG. As we hear thunder rumbling again, Whoa. <laughs> at 80, yeah, it's time for us to go. Yeah, <laughs> you can okay. follow can me on the twi- exactly. <laughs> you can follow me on the Twitter and the IG at 80. <laughs> Once again, that's Sidkid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D eight zero. That's S-I-D-K-I-D eight zero. Real quick, quickly, Kina. My late mother was just like that old school joke that DL comedian DL Hughley did uh, many years ago. And yeah. when it started thunder and lightning, uh, Sid, cut off everything. Why? You running out my light bill? <laughs> <laughs> was your mother like that?
0: No, no, she's not like that. She, she, she always says, look, just don't make sure you don't. That out." so. It's hilarious. <laughs> it,
1: could, it could be raining for five minutes. I'm watching TV or playing video games. Shut up, everything y'all said. Why? You're running out my light Bill. Okay. Anyway, continuing. <laughs> make sure you uh, <laughs> download that Chicago app and make sure you follow SportsZone Chicago All social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, Sports on Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can catch our podcast at War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you follow War Media at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support.
0: Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends.
1: Yeah, smash that like button and share this program to any and everybody you know. Tell them that Second City Sports is live and on the air every Monday, every Friday from noon to two p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. One more again. And- oh. oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> I know we got to go, but you can get Second yeah. City Sports every- live and in living color every Monday, every Friday from noon to two p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. And let us remind you one more again. That you can catch Sports on Chicago is is available now on Roku TV.
0: Yeah, to you see, know, yeah. So whatever device you've got, you know, you know, laptop, smart TVs, smartphone, Chromebook, whatever device you got, you know, iPad, iMac, whatever you have, you know, sh- you know, do go on your uh, go to your app store, you know, go to Sports on Chicago on YouTube uh, on Roku, yeah, it's right there for you. As you can see, you know, you mm-hmm. can check out our show, Sean and Maya, the Smoke Fellas. Um, I know, like I said, I know and all the other shows we have on there. And also, I know that we're going to have uh, some more shows that are going to be premiering within the next week or two, mm-hmm. just in time for a football season. So, uh, yeah, so go tell your friends and uh, make sure you guys support us.
1: Yes. For Lakina, I'm Sid. You've been listening to Second City Sports on Zone Chicago, and we will catch you on Friday. Friday, Friday, Friday. <laughs>
0: All right, go Sox! Y'all better get together or else, holla! <laughs> also to also do a good, but also a good luck to the other, you know, the Sky. They lost their opener against the mm-hmm. Connecticut Sun last night. Hopefully, you know, the good news is it's a best of five, so hopefully they can get back going. they they play again tomorrow.
1: And and quick note. Shout-